If you don't say amen tonight, I will cast that lukewarm spirit out of you. I will come, I will come stand in front of you in your chair. You hear me, Rashida? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I know why you're taking those pictures because, <laughs> yeah, she told you to. That wasn't supposed to be me. Okay. How's everybody doing? Are we happy? Yeah. All right. We're happy to be here. Okay. We left our problems outside. We're not going to pick them back up when we leave. That, that old song, you won't leave here like we came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. And we won't leave here like we came in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that tonight, do you? We're going to start at the very beginning tonight. It's a very good place to start. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. No, we're not going to be singing Sound of Music, Dolores. Sorry to disappoint. Genesis chapter 1. I titled this message tonight, Living Uncommon is Living in Authority. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Underline that if you don't already have it. Underline it, circle it, put a square around it, a rectangle. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, cattle over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. Are we getting this? In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. One word for subdue, it means to uh, have authority, but it also means to dominate. That's what that word means. It means to reign. It means to prevail against. And if you're going to prevail against something, the Lord, this is such a simple little phrase, but it'll stick with you. You have to refuse to lose. Because Jesus has already paid the price for us to win. So the only way we lose is if we quit. But if you refuse to lose, you stand in there, you, you stand on the word, and you don't quit, you will receive the promises of God. Amen. Amen. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. So God is giving man authority 
to dominate, to prevail against, to subdue this earth. We were given his authority in the earth. And he basically said, I've created this world. Now I'm giving you the authority to rule it. And so we, we know in Psalm chapter 8, Psalm chapter 8, verse 3, when I consider your, the, the heavens, the work of your fingers, so we're just talking about how God created the, the earth and the, the sea and, and everything, light, man. So when, when we consider this, the moon, the stars, which you've ordained, But what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Now this, I'm going to put my little tassel here. This is what I believe really gets under Satan's skin. And it goes on to say, In the next verse, thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now that word angels in the Hebrew is translated Elohim. Elohim is another word for God. Thou hast made him a little lower than God. So that lines up with Genesis chapter one that says man was created in the image of God. In the image of God, we are created in his likeness. What does that mean? To be a replica, a representative of God. You know, if you look at families and you see fathers and and mothers and they have children and you see that the children look like their mother or look like their father. And um, the funny saying that says, uh, you know, my son, I don't know if you've seen him. He's tall. He's taller than me, six foot five. And he, you know, lets me know that he's taller than me. But we always say, well, Drew got his dad's looks because his mother still has hers. You know, (laughs) you know, we prayed he would look like his mother, but, but anyway, Uh, But you see how they take on traits and characteristics of their mom and dad. You know, you see dad walks like this, you know, and then walking behind them, even at a young age, little little baby boy, you know, because they pick up the traits because because they're made in this in the image of their mother and father, their mother and father reproduce them. And then they come out in, in the likeness of their mom and dad. Well, we're made in his image. And here in Psalms, it's saying, you know, when I consider the, the work of God, you know, the stars, think about this, the stars, the universe, the, the ocean, all the fish in the sea that you haven't even studied all of them. You, you go snorkeling, you see these beautiful colors of these fish and things that we have, man hasn't even discovered yet. 
but they're out there that God's created. The, the minerals in the earth, the creation of God, the trees, the, the sun, the moon. But what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you would visit him. For you made him a little lower than yourself. And you've crowned him with glory and honor. So we were crowned. We were created in his likeness, in his image. To be like God. And God crowned man with his glory. What's his glory? It's his manifested presence. It's his, it's his manifested power. And it's his goodness. And man is clothed in the glory of God. Crowned with God himself. We were crowned with God himself. And so when you read on in this story... Satan uh, comes in as a serpent and uh, deceives Eve and man falls. And Adam's, so God goes looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? Where are you? So obviously they had talked. Obviously they had spent time together. And in fact, you know, God brought Adam One of his first things after saying, I give you authority, I give you dominion, is that he brought the animals to Adam to see what Adam would call them. So one of Adam's first assignments was to call, you know, the animals, the names that he, I mean, he came up with giraffe, elf, I don't know, all those. But God's looking for Adam now. Adam had sinned. Adam, where are you? Where are you? And God finds him, and Adam is hiding. And God says, Adam says, why, I hid from you, because I was afraid. I heard your voice, I was afraid, because I was naked. So I hid myself. Well, He had been clothed in God's glory. But now he had sinned. And so he realized now that this this manifested presence of God, that he had been crowned with glory and honor, is now, now it's it's gone. I'm naked. I, I hid myself. And God said, who told you this? Did you eat of the tree? That I commanded you not to. So, God devised or had a plan. God had a plan. And Job chapter 19, verse 9, he says, He has has stripped me of my glory, taken the crown from my head. Psalm 78, verse 61 says, um, He delivered... His strength and power into captivity and His glory into the hands of the enemy. So Adam took this crown of glory and turned it over to Satan. 
So man who had ruled, who was given God's authority in the earth, had now relinquished that authority to God's arch enemy, Satan, who fell down like lightning from heaven and a third of the angels. So God sought for a man, but he could not find one. But God so loved the world, come on, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God sent his only son, Jesus, so that man could now put this crown of glory with God's manifested presence, his manifested power, his manifested goodness, so that man could be like God designed him to be. Because this this sin thing had separated God's creation in His image. So, what happens? Now, in the Old Testament, there wasn't a revelation of Satan or his cohorts. And so when Satan shows up and he's taunting God in, at the first of Job, and the Lord says to him, where have you been? Oh, I've been running to and fro on this earth. He's taunting God, you know, having kind of having my way. I'm ruling this earth. Man, you know, the man that you created in your image, ha, he turned his authority over to me now. So I'm just having my way. But it gets under Satan's skin that man, not him, but man was created in the image of God just a little lower than God himself. It gets under his skin that God, the reason why he was cast out of heaven is because he wanted to be God. And now here God has this, this love for man. And it just, oh, it just irritates him. So he loved the fact that, that he had caused man to fall. So Jesus comes. He went to the cross to die for us so that the sin of man could be dealt with, so that death could be dealt with. See, there wasn't death before till sin came in. There wasn't sickness before till sin came in. And now there's sickness, death, disease, So Jesus goes to the cross, was obedient unto death, takes on the sin of the world, takes on the diseases of the world. He took on every disease known to man, past, present, and future. 
He took it on on the cross. Now, he was beaten and bruised, bloodied, crown of thorns, nails. But the Bible says he was unrecognizable. And I believe that's because all of the the sin, which is death, the sickness, the disease, the cancer, all of this on him. All of it, all of it at one time. And so when he says, it is finished. The plan of God. To bring back man to the image that God had created man to be. In the authority that God had given to man. To subdue, to have dominion, to have authority, to dominate, to rule. He was given the assignment to replenish the whole earth. That's a big assignment. So it wasn't just in a little section of earth. It was the whole earth. And now Jesus is dead. But three days later, God says... Enough's enough. The price of sin has been satisfied. And the the power of the Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. He showed himself to people. (laughs) People he had walked with, Deborah. Disciples he had walked with and talked with. And he went and showed himself to them. And some of them still didn't recognize them. Him. Pastor, some of them didn't recognize Jesus after he walked and talked to them, died, rose from the grave. And we wonder, oh, why don't they ever say amen? They, they, <laughs> Jesus. And he says, shows himself to the disciples. And he says, all authority has been given to me In heaven and in earth. So something took place in that grave. Something took place in the depths of hell. Where Jesus took back the crown of glory that man had been clothed with. This manifested presence of God. This authority that God had given man. He took that back. And he showed and he came back to earth. And he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go therefore. So what is he doing? I got back this crown of glory. Here you go. Subdue the earth. Have dominion. Have authority. Dominate again. And so everyone that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ now is recreated in the image of God, just like God created man from the beginning. The difference is, is that we don't live in a perfect world like Adam was created. Now, now we live in an imperfect world. But our assignment has never changed. To have dominion, to have authority, subdue the earth. It's never changed. 
And so Jesus, as he's teaching the disciples, go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Are you getting this? Verse 6, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you take care of him? Made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and, and honor and set him over the works of your hand. Verse 8, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. You put all things in subjection under his feet. He put all things in subjection under Jesus' So therefore, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, guess what? Jesus living on the inside of you, all things He has put in subject under your feet. For in that He put all in subjection under Him. He left nothing. He left nothing. He left nothing that is not under Him. Nothing. So, there's no reason why we can't walk in authority on this earth. Verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom all are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing, watch this, in bringing many sons. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. In bringing many sons to glory. There it is. So Jesus says, go with me to John 17. This, this is so good. You just got to lay your eyes on this. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me. How many people believe in Jesus? Okay. Well, this one's for you. That they, how many people believe in Jesus? Okay. They, you, all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the works, that the work may, is it works? I got it so, many, so marked up in my Bible, I can't even read it. <laughs> that the world, thank you. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 22. Watch this. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. So we were made in God's image, crowned in his glory, manifested powers, manifested presence. God himself, we're clothed in God himself. And Jesus said that the glory that you gave me, I now give them. So that we could be clothed in the glory of God, manifested with God himself, so that we can walk with God himself, manifested all around, clothed with God himself.
that they may be one just as we are one. Woo! So, he expounds on this authority. He says in Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions. No, these are not snakes and little scorpions that sting in the desert. It's talking about demonic forces. I give you authority to trample because we just read that there is not one thing that is, un, that is not subject under his feet. And over all the power that the enemy possesses. Well, I thought Jesus stripped Satan of his power. Oh, no, no. But only for the Christian. He did, he did strip him of his power. But over the unbeliever, he's still the God of this world. So the only way you get out from under the power of the devil is through Jesus Christ. Who has put him. God has put him. Under his feet. And there is nothing that is not under his feet. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good. And healing all who were oppressed by the power of the devil. For God was with him. Do you understand today that God is with you? He's not with you. We are one with him and we are clothed in his presence. We are clothed with his power. We are clothed in his goodness. And this is how we walk around. This is. And so to be in his image, to be in his likeness, to be a replica of him. What we renew our minds to is what would God say? So I must speak like God speaks. I must think like God thinks. Because the Bible tells us that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Well, I want to know how I can come up to the thoughts of God. And I find that in His presence. And so when you travel the world and you see people that are under oppressed like Acts 10 38 talked about they are oppressed by the power of the devil the Bible says Jesus was manifested in first John to destroy the works of the devil and he so he went about doing good and so when you travel the world and you see some of these things you know we went to Africa in uh, December of 18 and Minister to a lot of students, high school students, and I would guess we had, I don't know, five, six hundred students in this one uh, building, packed in there, packed. And we invited the students to come up and receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, you receive power. Now, power is different than authority. But that's another sermon. And all these students came up, and we began to pray, lay hands on them and pray. And boom, as we began to 
the anointing began to be loose, this one girl began to began to shake and and her body contorted and all kinds of stuff. Well, she was under the power of the enemy. But remember, when we're in Christ, there is no thing that is not subject under our feet because of what Jesus did. And so we begin to pray for her and her, the back of her head touched the middle of her back. That's how contorted she got. Well, Jesus experienced this when he, the, the man said, you know, the boy threw himself, he's in the fire, he threw himself, convulsing at the mouth, he's got seizures and, you know. So the look of this is, it looks scary. How Jesus turns to the man and says, how long has he been like this? Do you remember that story? How long has he been like this? Because he wasn't moved by how this looked. It didn't bring him, it didn't cause him to be afraid. He saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That sorry little sucker. Hey, the Bible says that the world will go, this, was, this is the one that deceived the nations. It's him. I think they're going to make that face too. <laughs> and he, he says to the dad, how long has he been like this? So it didn't matter how long. Right. It didn't matter what it looked like. There is no thing. There is no thing. Say it. There is no thing. That's not under our feet. Because God put everything subject to Jesus. Everything. So this girl gets set free, delivered, and boy, an immediate change in her countenance. Immediate. Why? Because if the Bible says we resist the devil and he'll flee, if you tell, Jesus said, you will what? Believers in my name, they will drive out demons. Every morning, I come into the ministry, Jerryville Ministries, and Joe McCroskey, who's Brother Jerry's cousin, has traveled with Brother Jerry 40 years, seen all kinds of miracles, all kinds of healings, all kinds of miracles, Demonic fits. And I sit, <laughs> and sometimes Brother Jerry's there, and I hear stories of what they've encountered, what they've experienced. And at no time have they ever said, Yeah, I prayed for this. Uh, one person that was oppressed by the devil and they didn't get set free. Now, there are times where people got set free and they didn't fill themselves up with the word. They didn't, they didn't fill up what they, the empty place. And it talks about that, that, that they return to the empty place because you must fill yourself up in the word of God. 
But my point is, is that if you are a believer, which everybody raised their hand that are believers, Jesus said, I'm giving you the authority to use my name. Because demons tremble at the name of Jesus. So he says, in my name, you will drive out demons. Well, this one pastor says, the reason I was telling you about that, Brother Joe, because he told me a story about this one pastor. He said, he said, well, I'm not going to preach on that because the people said, well, we want to hear about this. And the pastor said, no, I'm not going to preach on that. And Brother Joe says, why won't you preach on that? And the pastor says, because I want him to leave me alone. <laughs> so Brother Joe preached on it. <laughs> he says, in my name, in Jesus' name, demons have to go. He says, you'll speak with new tongues in my name. You'll pick up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. He told the 12 when he sent them out, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received what? What have we received? The presence of God himself. Clothed in glory. Clothed in power. Clothed in the goodness of God. That wherever I go, I carry the presence of God Himself, who I am now one with. I am one with Him. Woo! So when I go into a restaurant, I carry the presence of God Himself. When I go into the workplace, I carry the presence of God Himself. People know it. They sense it. Dr. Savell tells a story. He walked into a gas station and there was a man standing behind the counter and he was trying to buy a pornographic magazine which was in those days behind the, cou- the counter and you had to have the guts to look somebody in the face and say, I want one of those with all these people behind you. And Brother Jerry walked in to, to get something to drink and, and came, and the man says, my God, you, you, you convict me. Who are you? And he led that man to the Lord right there. He didn't buy the pornographic magazine. And he led that man to the Lord. Why? Because he had been in the presence of God And he had brought the presence of God into this place. And the sinner that is oppressed by the devil saw there's something different. There's something different. So we've been given this authority that we were, that man was originally intended to live. Now I'm going to take a right turn right here. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 8. While you're turning there, you remember the story of, of Peter and John? Peter and John. Acts chapter 3. 
They saw the man, the lame man at the gate, beautiful, begging for alms. They said, silver and gold have I none. But what did he say after that? Such as I what? Such as I have, or you could say it like this, the authority that I've been given. The authority that I've been given, I can pass on to you this authority, not only the authority, but they've been filled with the Holy Spirit and power. So not only did he have the authority, but he had the power to make a change and to pass on. In the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, verse, this is, this is living uncommon. Listen, this is living uncommon. Many Christians today don't understand and know the authority that they have been given that they can walk in. You can walk out of here tonight and understand this authority. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Acts chapter 8. Are you there? Okay, the centurion says, Matthew 8. (laughs) Verse 5. Y'all got to listen to the Holy Ghost a little better. (laughs) The centurion came to him, pleading with him, Lord, my servant's lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Many sermons have come out of this. That's a great sermon. Speak the word only. Speak the word of God. Put the word of God in your mouth. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God runs swiftly across the earth. Great messages that have come out of that. Not so popular, the next line. For I also am a man under authority. I also am a man under authority. This centurion understood authority because he had been under authority. God doesn't put us in a position of authority, like of of promotion and, and, and people until we've been under authority. But many Christians want to go out Outside of the authority that in order that Jesus has set up, Jesus, the head of the church, has set up. He has given gifts to his body. He's the head, we're the body. He's given gifts to the body. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. 
And so if I can't submit to now, I'm not I'm not the pastor. So you can't say that I'm preaching this to get you to submit to me. Right. This is not for selfish gain. But if I can't submit to a pastor's authority, how can how can I effectively understand authority? Jesus himself gave those gifts. So apparently it's something that is that he set up. Someone that is under authority and submitted to authority. Jesus says that is great faith and he marveled. He marveled at this. Great. He called this he called this I've never found such great faith. I put, not only submitted, but committed. Submitted and committed. Now, when I thought of the word committed, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just submitted, I'm just praying all this out. And the Lord gives me disciple. Because a disciple then requires discipline. Oh, these are great words. Thank you for telling us this tonight. I'm so excited about the word discipline. Yes, I'm going to run around a sanctuary 40 times. <laughs> discipline. Woo! Well, discipline requires sacrifice. You know, I, I've, I've played for sports teams. I was on a state championship basketball team in high school. I was on a national championship basketball team in college. I played other sports uh, where we won. But it required discipline. But we won a lot. But it required discipline. It required sacrifice. I remember getting up at 6 a.m. in college. This is an anomaly in college. Now I know that there's some scholars amongst us here tonight. I considered myself smart. Maybe I didn't discipline myself in academics all the time. But I was smart enough to have been a 4.0 student. Was I a 4.0 student? The answer is no. Why was I not a 4.0 student? Because I didn't discipline myself to be. Right now I'm confessing my faults to one another that I may be healed. <laughs> Just like I will confess... Chemistry 101. Why I wanted to be a, a, a doctor? It was very simple. Because my best friend in high school's dad was a doctor, a radiologist. He didn't have to cut on anybody. You know, he didn't have to. He just had to look at a chart and say, yeah, it's broke. I thought, that sounds like a good deal for me. 
because he had a Magnum PI Ferrari Testarossa and a condo on the golf course. I want to be a doctor. So I get to college and pursue pre-med. I am pre-med. For some reason, 8 o'clock chemistry became very, very hard to awaken to. And there's not any college students in here, are there? Okay, praise the Lord. Let's say that my attendance was lacking. Well, you had to carry 12 credit hours to play basketball. I had 16. Chemistry counted as four. I am no longer pre-med. If I can't get up for chemistry, which is the basic course, how many of you go to a doctor and say, hey, did you make C's? Because if you did, I want you operating on me. No. <laughs> no one wants a doctor that was average or slightly below. So I wasn't disciplined. It required sacrifice. It required discipline. Now my wife, now she was a disciplined student. 4.0. All the way through high school. All the way through grade school. 4.0. Never made a B. All the way through college. All the way through her master's in business administration. 4.0. All the way. All the way. <laughs> and people say, oh, well, she's just intelligent. No. She sacrificed and studied and disciplined herself. And there's many, many Christians today that want to walk in the, the authority and the power. And they want to do it outside of the authority and the order that Jesus has set up for the church. But if people could understand that Jesus set that up and submit and commit, then They'll begin to flow. There's so, there so many things people can get involved with here where they can use their gifts. But you know what? Discipline requires being inconvenienced. Ministry is inconvenient. Am I right? <laughs> I've been inconvenienced a few times in my life. For ministry. Pastor Phil, every time you get a call to go visit someone in the hospital at 2 a.m., do you just wake up to the call and go, oh, glory be to God. I get to awaken in the middle of the night and go pray for somebody in the hospital. No, but the love of God. Right? It's inconvenient. You're tired. You just got home from work. You stop at the gas station. The Lord says, pray for that person. Lord, I'm tired. I don't know if you know this, Lord, but I've been at work all day. What have you been doing? It's inconvenient. 
So to be able to hear the voice of God and obey is inconvenient. I'm just being honest. Do I always want... I got a call at 2 a.m. one time. 2 a.m. Usually I wouldn't hear that. Usually I got the fan going. Usually I wouldn't hear that. But a girl in our youth group, they weren't expecting her to live through the night in this freak thing. It was foggy outside. I'm talking about dense fog you couldn't see. And we had to drive an hour to the hospital. It's inconvenient. But what? What do we do? We discipline ourselves. We sacrifice. For what? For the love of God, the the presence of God, so that we can go and we can release the power of God. Jesus' whole life, he just wanted to get away. Just want to get away and pray. But the people, they begged. And he had compassion. He said, feed them. Submitted and committed. So I want to be a person that is under the authority that God has put into place so that I can walk in proper authority. God, God didn't create us to be some renegades. He, he set this up so that we can be fed, so that, so that the, the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, if you read it, read it, it says that they, here's my paraphrase, They give us as the body the word so that we can do the work of the ministry. God never designed man and this church institution that's been that's been just religiosityized. That's a word for you. That we're just come to sit in the pew. Oh, Hey, feed me, Pastor. Well, Pastor was off today. Man. I mean, I like when he tells those personal stories and stuff, but man, he was just, I think he used 27 scriptures. No, it's, it's to discipline ourselves to receive the word so that we grow. That scripture says so that you'll grow to the fullness, the stature of Christ himself. So that we can go into places where the Bible says He healed all. He healed all. Folks, Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. I don't recommend this movie. Judge me if you want for mentioning it. I saw it on TV. It's on AMC. It's a war movie called Saving Private Ryan. And at the end of the movie, the man that was sent to rescue Private Ryan, 
is on his last breath. And Private Ryan leans down. And he says to him, you could tell Private Ryan's like, this, this man made this sacrifice. This man made this sacrifice for me. He just gave his life for me. He's about to lose his life. And the man says to him, earn it. Now, we don't have to earn salvation, so don't go off on that. But here's my point. Is Jesus paid this sacrifice so that we could be made again like God intended us to be, clothed in His glory. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? What are you doing with the power? What are you doing with the name of Jesus? What are you doing with the authority? It wasn't meant to be bottled up like a genie in a bottle. Rub it three times. Oh, great genie. Yes, I believe I receive a a Buick. Yes. Mercedes Benz? That's okay. Did you get something out of this tonight? Hope you were encouraged tonight. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. We submit ourselves to the authority that you put into this house. And Father, we thank you. Lord, my, my prayer, my prayer tonight is you use me. I hope that's others' prayers too. Lord, that you, that you use us. Lord, that you use the donkey. I would rather you use me. Lord, don't, don't let don't don't pass me by because I was too busy. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name.